Grab your peanuts and popcorn. Baseball is back. And that's right. Teams will be getting back out on the diamond this week. Last year's season sure was different, but that doesn't mean it lacked excitement. And this year, fans are going to be back in the stands, and it's poised to be even better. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field with a free shot at a share of millions of dollars in total prizes. Now, if you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play on DraftKings. Just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and other categories. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than competing for a shot at millions of dollars throughout the week. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is still offering plenty of fantasy golf action for uh, this weekend's uh, tournament as well. Uh, I think Blues fans might think both might be better options lately than, uh, you know, considering how they've played. Um, with millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN. Again, that's promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink when along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. And so I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Arbor, Unger, Picker, Plager, Rab, McDonald, Shock, Hall, Chris Moore, Patey, Harvey, Jimmy, Robert, Saverin, Barons, and Thompson, Akers, Hess, Roberto, Pierre, Plant, Jock, Plant, Gossip, Merrick, Ritz, Rabano, Stevenson, Davidson, St. Marseille, McCreary, Leffley, Ecclestone, Huck, Palace, Harry, Talbot, Keenan, Sandy, Yassi, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all I knew, man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues. The starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast, Tom Franklin. And aloha. Welcome to the Blue Notes podcast. I'm Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, and I'm your host on the Blue Note Fan Report and the owner of the STL Fan Report. Normally, all I would do here is my aloha commentary. But Tom and Mason are so disgusted, so pissed off, and so depressed, they couldn't do a show. So they asked me to fill in. So I said, why the heck not? And I decided to fill in for them. I love the guys. I really, really do. But come on. Win or lose, we're still fans, right? You got to do your show. I don't know, man. That's just fooey on them. We'll get on with it. So, 
I thought I'd start with the normal Aloha commentary. I'll try and be chipper, but I can't because the team's just really lost it. Um, I feel like uh, Barubi has possibly lost the locker room. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, you know, the one thing that comes into mind every time I think about this team is this. That's right. They are just plain old, disgustingly scary. And every time you watch them play, you just say, Son of a bitch. Yep. Nothing to cheer about. And they always seem to get one of these. You know, it's, 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 this was supposed to be a great season for us. And it's turned out to be absolute trash. Nothing I can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. Uh, Doug Armstrong has to figure out what's going to be best where less than a, a week from the trade deadline would be in Monday. Uh, Hoffman or Bortuzzo skated extra in practice, which means they probably won't play tonight. Could they be traded? Hoffman, um, Hoffman, I feel sorry for the guy. I really, really do. Hoffman came in here to be the guy, and Barubi didn't know how to use him. That's absolutely what it is. Barubi does not know how to use Hoffman. He doesn't know how to use speed. He doesn't adjust. And, and, and it's killing us. And if you want to know when this all started, it didn't start this season. It started in the bubble. You go all the way back to the bubble, and you see how the Avalanche played us, how Dallas played us, how uh, Vegas played us. They took the forecheck out of the game. They took it out. The goalie played the puck. There were defensemen back. They took the forecheck out of the game. Well, if the other teams are going to take the forecheck out of the game, you can't keep freaking forechecking. But that's what we do. Forecheck, forecheck, forecheck. Let's play a heavy, heavy game. Hoffman has spent the majority of the season on the third line. He's a first and second line guy. He was never put in, a, and he still got 20-something points. I think nine goals and 13 assists. Something like that. He's done good. And we just not giving him a chance. This team is, this, Barubi, you brought us a cup. Thank you so, so much for that. But bring us a second one. Don't sit back on your, on your laurels and, and go, this is my way, so this is how it's going to be. That's when you lose the goddamn locker room. And you have. Get it back. You get it back by looking at your guys, figuring out how they work best, and using them that way. Not going, we are going to forecheck, 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 forechecking. We're a heavy four-checking team, and that's what we're going to be. I'm going to put my speed on the bench. Booey on you. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, now. Now they want to do a show. Well, I guess I'm going to have to throw this to Mason and Tom and say, guys, this is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, saying aloha. Mahalo, 
please like and subscribe to the Blue Notes podcast. Blue Note Fan Report. Check out all them great articles on the St. Louis Fan Report.com. Aloha. Take it away, Tom and Mason. He's going to be Blues fan rants today, I bet. Aloha. All right, Mason, let's do this. Do we have to? I don't know. I I, I guess. I, I mean, I guess. I guess he's right. He's right. We got. We, we're Blues fans. Uh, we stick with our team to the bitter end, and this is certainly bitter. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, uh, located on the best city on the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest. Ah, are we? Um, no, no, we're not. But that's how the that, that's how the spiel goes. Okay, let me let me edit this uh, for the, from the rest of the way out. Okay, we've had too many defeats. We're too sour to be sweet. And we're playing clueless, so it must be St. Louis. Um, I'm Tom Franklin. This is Mason, aka Blues Fan Rants uh, reacts. Who might be Blues Fan Rants today? Um, because I don't have the energy, Tom. I don't have the energy. I I barely have the energy here. Seriously, like I I I needed guy to motivate me there. You know, just by by the way, you know, can I just say something? Um, I was I I couldn't help but you know look behind guy at the nice Hawaiian setting that you know he has behind him and thinking I oh, like the people on that boat there was a boat that was kind of you know sliding by in the background and it's like you know what they probably don't have to worry about bad hockey teams on that boat and uh it'd be really nice to be on that boat right about now because this is just depressing Mason and I I, I don't I don't know what else to say I mean, like, I would have, I would have totally worn a blues jersey today. But I mean, the last what five times that I've worn a blues jersey on camera, uh, it's just been disappointment. It's been pain. Mm. I have it right here. I'm not wearing it. No way. And I have other jerseys. Uh, there's only one other jersey that I have is clean, and I feel like it would be in bad taste if I wore it. I feel like it slightly, wouldn't go well. Slightly, yeah. So uh, but, you know what? I'm way, wearing my broke Monopoly shirt. I'm wearing my wonderful athletic vest. I'm wearing a flat cap, and I'm just trying to get through this. And you know what? I I I I I wasn't gonna say anything, but during Guy's video, I saw you using that blue jersey as a snot rag. You know, it, it's all right. It's all right. You know, it, it's fine. Allergies are terrible this time of year. So yes, I'm just getting over that myself. Uh, and of course, I'm not wearing a blue blue jersey either. This is I'll go ahead and uh, just pop it up for the uh, viewing uh, party here. This is the Humboldt Broncos. Uh, of course, uh, this is the week. Uh, this is the anniversary, rather, of their uh, tragic uh, bus crash a couple of years back. And um, this jersey, you know, has a little bit of a story behind it. So um, this jersey wasn't really meant to be sold outside of like the Humboldt community. Um, they wanted to sell these like tribute jerseys, um, be just to kind of like raise money for the team and for, you know, like the funeral costs for the families and all that stuff. And, uh, the, the, the place was in mourning. Well, I guess someone from Humboldt was on, uh, the, uh, hockey jerseys, uh, subreddit and alerted everyone of us crazy hockey jersey collectors that they have these jerseys available. And then they were like, I think they were like 80 bucks at the time. Um, which was a pretty good deal for Jersey. And, you know, everyone just piled on and got their orders in because we all wanted to help Humboldt. You know, it was, it was, you know, that the, the, the city, the town was hurting. 
it was a tragic event. And, you know, one thing I love about the hockey community is we all, you know, we can be rivals, but a lot of us still look out for one another. So, so, you know, I, I felt it was my small way of contributing. And so we, I got my order in along with hundreds of others. We overwhelmed them. Um, and, and it took it took like a good like eight or nine months for me to get my jersey and everyone else to get their jersey because they were producing these out of a very small, uh, you know, little factory or facility in Humboldt. And they, they could only do so much at a time. You know, it was, it was a very small operation. But uh, I remember calling um, the number um, for like my, you know, the customer service a couple of times and i always spoke to the same woman she was in humboldt and it was a humboldt number and um we talked a little bit about you know every time you know she was always happy to talk about the players like she like you you forget in tragedies like the uh, this that these are more than just hockey players these are friends these are family in their little in their communities that they're in Mm -hmm. so it was it, it was it was always you know you know, kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word neat, but it was, it was interesting to hear her talk about these players. Like they were, you know, the, these were her neighbors, her friends. And, um, I'm, I personally, uh, this is uh number 18. This was, uh, well, one, it was the year that, uh, the crash happened, but on mm-hmm. the back is, um, uh, T Bieber and Tyler Bieber, uh, was the play-by-play voice of the Humboldt Broncos. He was on that bus and he passed away. Um, and I got that for you know uh, partly for a reason, and that is because uh, she had a lot of uh, uh, she knew Tyler Bieber very well, and like you know he like she knew him growing up and had a lot to, a lot of stories to talk about you know with him. So uh, I got Bieber on the back, knowing that people in in America, not knowing any better, would see Bieber like, "Why do you got a Bieber jersey?" I wanted that to be an opportunity to tell people about Tyler Bieber, um, mm-hmm. the stories that she told me. Mm-hmm. So um, obviously the, the anniversary of the uh, crash was on Tuesday night. I had my one of my Tyler Bozak, one of my sticks out here, the Tyler Bozak one outside my door. I you had yours out as well, I believe, and a lot mm-hmm. of us as well. So uh, uh, sad moments in history. And I just wanted wanted to kind of acknowledge that. So. Um, oh, yeah. I'm so humble today, e- even if the blues were playing well, I would have still worn this. So just all mm-hmm. stick, all stick aside. Um, Rooster Cogburn. Come on, guys. Blues turn it around tonight and go on a huge winning streak. Let's go. That's how they get you, buddy. That's how they get you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You, you you sign your information over and, and, and all of a sudden, you know, you're getting spam emails all day, phone calls and, uh, uh, someone's you're pretty sure someone's got your password on the dark web. That's that's that is what it's like, you know, supporting this blues team right now. It just I can't I can't invest in this team. And apparently not even Doug Armstrong himself can fully invest in the team as well, because this isn't a rumor. I think at this point, I think what you know, once the athletic once TSN once, you know, just about every, you know, ho- reputable hockey outlet out there comes out and says that Doug Armstrong is looking at uh, dealing Mike Hoffman, Tyler Bozak and other pending unrestricted free agents, Mason, it's over. It's just over. I mean, he, he'll he'll give you the lip service that, you know, I mean, because you know, he's done this before. 
you know, he, he, he traded Kevin Shattenkirk at the deadline in 2017, despite being in a playoff spot. He traded Paul Stastny and went to Winnipeg in 2018, despite just being a point out of the playoffs. But I think this year's different. And I think this is, you, you need to get some assets for these guys that are not going to come back. Hoffman's not coming back. I'm pretty sure Tyler Bozak won't be back. And I just, I'm as, as the title of the episode said, we're waving the white flag. I think, I think it's yeah. over. Well, my thing about this is that, I mean, I knew from the beginning of the season that Bozak was leaving. I knew that Gunnarsson was leaving and I knew that, uh, and I knew that Hoffman was leaving. I knew he was a, just the rental. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't really, in fact, I actually would prefer that they were moved right now because we could get something out of them at least, yeah. you know, rather I mean, than letting him walk in the off season. It's like we did in 2017, 18, we yeah. were, we were fighting for a playoff spot and at the last second we pulled the shoot because we knew we weren't good enough so we went for you know a good lottery pick then and it ended up being mm, okay we got good yeah. costin out of that so i mean this yeah. one would pretty okay yeah um but this is different because we expected to be good we we saw all the moves that armstrong made and that mike hoffman signing basically sealed that okay armstrong wants to win and he wants to win now right and i said well good job and I didn't really think about the fact that Hoffman doesn't really fit this team. I never really thought of that. I was just Me like, hey, like, Hoffman's a blue. How about that? Yeah. And uh, now that we're seeing, you know, the uh, we're we're, re we're 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 reaping what we sowed basically right now, and it's it's just too bad because I I can't remember what me watching Blues hockey and having something like this happen, having such a good off season, and then just being terrible for that season. This is probably the this is the most underwhelming season I think I've ever watched as a Blues fan. It really is. And the, the the thing about this season, because you know, remember for a while the blues were on top of the West. They mm -hmm. were they were they were playing well, but I've seen and again, I'm not an analytics expert, but I know like Jay Fresh and a few others have uh come out and basically pointed to the blues being really, really, really lucky in the first half of the season there they, they, they felt that there was a lot um, the analytics show that there was, they were maybe outperforming, you know, where they should have been, which of course we didn't see it at the time because we, Hey, we got Mike Hoffman. Um, you know, we're, we're, we, we've got a solid core. We're going to be competitive. Uh, we're going to bounce back from, you know, uh, the playoffs uh, from 2020 and the Canucks because, Hey, this, this team doesn't have COVID anymore. Hooray. Um, and it's and it just and then once everything started, I mean, because for one injuries and injuries have killed this team. I that's that's part of it. But it, it, and it but it's it just it's just one piece of the full puzzle with this team that is a complete mystery. And none of the pieces fit right now. Injuries. One of them. Yes, you can kind of blame that a little bit. Um, the offense is not clicking um, in the past in their seven game losing streak. They have scored eight goals total. That is not going to do it. And Mason, I am so sick and tired of seeing Blues offensive players shooting the puck right into the right in chest. chest. See, right it's, not the just chest. The fourth, it's not just the fourth because we saw Tori Crew do it twice in the last game. Look, it's not going to magically. I, 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 I studied yeah. theoretical physics just for a little bit on the um, just just because, and apparently. The odds I, I calculated this, but apparently the odds of you shooting the puck through uh, at somebody's chest and it going completely screwed through are like one in 
I want to say like 32 quintillion. So there is yeah. a chance when you shoot it at the goalie's chest, all the atoms miss each other and it goes right through. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's terrible it's, odds. It's better I, odds than the Blues playoff chances right now, but it's terrible odds. I almost feel the Blues are confused because when you're in the military and you're a sniper, you are taught to shoot at the chest, you know, as a military sniper. And that that's generally good good tactics and good philosophy. To be a sniper in hockey and and aim for the chest, not not as good, not as good at all. So I I so they're confused. So injuries issue, offense is an issue, defense is an issue. Uh, they miss Pareko and no, he yes he's back, he's back, he's back. He's back in Did they really miss? He's not back. He he's he's there. He's he's there as a warm body. And he's probably still somehow better than Jake Wallman, but uh, and Vince Dunn, but he, he, but still a minus three, and he looked completely lost. Even it, it was so bad that Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic wrote a whole article wondering if Pareko came back too early. You know, that's that's how bad he went when he is getting the spotlight treatment from Jeremy Rutherford. That's bad. I I agree. I think he's back way too early. I think you sit him for the rest of the season. Make sure his I back is better because, you know, back injuries. I mean, I, I guess there there's some thought that maybe with his back injury, he can't hurt it worse. But oh, it's, yes, a back. You can. it's a back. You can find a way to hurt it worse. Oh, yes, you can. And oh, we don't and we don't want Pareko prematurely ending his career because we let him play in the last 18 games of a foregone season. Yeah, yeah. So, I would never forgive the coach. I would never, I would never forgive Pareko for that because he should know better. He's yeah. going to talk to Barube and he's going to be very convincing as we don't look at how bad your defense is. You need me right now. It's like, but it is 18 games left. 17, 18, hmm. 17, 18. It's 18. 18 games. They play 38. Okay. Yeah. There's 18 games left. We suck. Yeah, we want to go for a lottery pick. Even if you are our saving grace on defense, and you turn into 2017 playoffs, Eric Carlson, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And uh, uh, by the way, at this point, the Blues are five points behind Arizona. We are actually recording really? this before. Yeah, we have Arizona is 43. The Blues have 38. So we are not, and we are tied with San Jose, by the way, which, you know, if you're tied with San Jose in the standings, you're not doing very good. So, you know, just saying, you know, and a lottery pick, man, I'll take it. It's bad. So, yeah, defense is gone. And of course, our favorite topic, Mason, the goaltending is not working. Um, oh, yes. Uh, you, Billy, okay, I'm going to give you this chance right now to take back what I'm going to give you this chance right now to take back what you said about the Bennington contract. I thought it was a gamble at the time. I thought it was a risky move at the time. At the time he signed it, he was not playing bad. But it is obvious that Jordan Bennington has lost whatever mojo he has. In fact, Rutherford even talked about that this this week in the athletic how he just uh, actually I don't think it was Rutherford I mean it, it was one it was I think it was Luke Korak on Twitter was talking mm-hmm. to Bennington and Baruby and they both agree Jordan Bennington does not have his swagger it's and true that, and and that and that's key because that was the one thing about Jordan Bennington that helped Neil why he was so good in the playoffs he was always able to bounce back from a bad loss. He had a chip on his shoulder. He wanted to prove to the world that he was a starting NHL goaltender and that he deserved, you know, big money. He got his big money. 
and now the swagger is gone. Oh my god! Okay, okay, okay. One of the charts that came out. Did you see the goals? Uh, goals more plus goals allowed expected. Uh, metric. But Billy Huso was on that list for practically the entire season. He's yeah. no longer on that list. Jordan Bennington oh. is now has now allowed the fifth most goals above expected in the entire it, league. It is bad. It is ba- Jonas Johansson is higher on that list than he is, or should Jonas, I say, lower than that list? Hockey, uh, hockey goaltending legend Jonas Johansson, who we were warned last week by Tell It As It Is host um, uh, Griffin Youngs that Jonas Johansson sucks. And that's the game that we were supposed to win. And guess what? We gave Jonas Johansson his first NHL win ever. Yes, we did. We gave it to we, him on a oh, silver platter. Because we care. Silver platter. Because we're so gracious as we're hosts. We're generous. Yes, we're very generous. We're giving everybody the points. We're saying, you know what? We've taken enough points over the last two years. You can have yeah. some back. So I, I am willing to admit that that Jordan Bington contract is looking pretty freaking awful. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to let the people in the live stream chat. I'm going to ask for an apology from you, too. Yes. Whoever if you wants- thought that Biddington was wonderful, if you apologize right now, I will forgive you. Yes. Or somehow convince us that it's going to be OK. I wish you all the luck in the world because I'm not feeling it right now. I've, yeah. I've lost my I've lost my swagger when it comes to come, comes to Jordan Bington as well. And I think a lot of Blues fans have as well. So, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, if if. if 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 he ends up being good, if he like after this game he starts being amazing and starts being 2019 Jordan Bennington again, I will apologize. I will make Look, a 10 minute video apologizing. That's how confident I am. Goaltending is voodoo, you know. As it, oh, yeah. just, I mean, he could easily bounce back and it could be fine. This, you know, he, you know, all gold. I feel goaltenders often go through a lot of peaks and valleys just in their you know general play. It just it just happens. Uh, by the way, Russell Clark says he is uh, not going to apologize, and he he loves you. So yeah. <laughs> I love you too, Russell. There you go. Thanks a lot for uh, for watching, uh, Russell. Um, and then you know, so so Bennington's an issue, and the thing, and, and the other issue is we don't have a Jake Allen this year to to backstop him and pick up where he is. You know, basically trailing off. We have Ville Husso, um, and I'm going to I'm going to quote Mike Ermintrout from Breaking Bad. Vili Husso, you are not the guy. You're not capable of being the guy. We had a guy, but now we don't. You are not the guy. All right? It's done. Vili Husso, his status as a prospect is done. His uh, future, his prospects, at least for the Blues, as being a potential NHL starting goalie, done. In fact, in I... fact... It- if I, I didn't Rutherford, think he could get more. I didn't think he could get more inconsistent than Vince Dunn, but here's Billy Husso. Exa- yeah, here we here we go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 by the way, can we just say something? Bennington's not going to be exposed to Seattle. It'll be Husso because Husso is that fucking bad. Okay, you know, it, it's it's not even a matter of Jordan Bennington being off or having a big contract. Husso's that bad. And Rutherford, Jeremy Rutherford even suggested that maybe in the offseason he's traded to a team that thinks that could salvage Huso. But with the way goalies have been like flying on waivers this season, I I mean, who's going to give up a tangible asset for Ville Huso at this point? Like, really? Nobody. Nobody. I mean, we six I mean, round pick. It took, I mean, it, I mean, I feel the Blues got lucky in getting a third for Jake Allen in the offseason from, from Montreal. Goalies just do not have a lot of value. Just because because it's a buyer's market. Every team has at least one good one. Um, you know, mo- more more teams are having two good ones now. So it's just 
it's it's just goalies don't get the 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 kind of return that you want, which is worrying with Bennington down the road. Because yes, after year three, he's you know his his no trade goes from a full to a partial, um, and it kind of gets progressively you know better as time goes on. But you know who's who if Bennington is playing like he's playing now for the duration of the contract. For one, the Blues are in a world of hurt. Number two, who's going to want to take that contract on? And give the Blues something nice for him. It, it just—it's not going to happen. Which is which is I'm I'm not going to retract my initial enthusiasm for the Jordan Bennington contact uh, contract because at the uh, hindsight being what it is at the time I thought it was risky, but I thought it was a good risk. Now I'm not so sure. I, I'm just I'm just not so sure. I don't know anymore. Um, but in the meantime. The, the, the Blues have to make some moves here, I think, before the trade deadline, which is coming up very shortly, by the way. It is it is, it is coming up within the next week, essentially. So um, it's going to be interesting to, to see what the Blues do. Again, it's been out there. Mike Hoffman, Tyler Bozak are on the block. Um, Hoffman's got a one-year, $4 million contract. Bozak has a $5 million cap hit, um, and then he's a free agent after this season. By the way... Um, I'm looking at TSN's trade uh, trade bait chart. You know the top; they have a top forty uh, uh, list of targets that could be available for trade. By the way, number forty is Tony D'Angelo. Remember him? Um, nope. From yeah, Don't he's him. yeah. I think I think we pretty much canceled him uh, earlier this season. But um, right now he has Mike Hoffman at number ten, um, Vince Dunn at number seventeen, and Tyler Bozak at number nineteen. On his top on, on the top forty TSN trade bait list right now, um, so I think Hoffman's gone. Someone oh, will Hoffman's take gone. him. Someone will take him. Someone will think that he's going to give them the offensive spark they need. And and as and as Guy kind of noted, he needs the right system. And the Blues are just not it. You know, as as Guy kept saying, four check, four check, four check, four check, four check, four check. You know, we're we're playing a system. I don't think that is really suited to the Blues anymore. You know, and unfortunately, Ruby just will not change on that. And Hoffman has suffered for that. I'm not a big Mike Hoffman fan because I don't like players that are just one dimensional and don't play defense. Um, but Hoffman, nine goals, 21 assists, uh, nine, or 21 points, rather, excuse me. Someone will take a flyer on him. We might have to cover some salary, but it's fine. Bozak, I think someone, I mean, he, he's a bottom six center at this point. I don't think he would be a good number, uh, number two center no. on a playoff contending team. I mean, he was on the fourth line Monday in, you know, Craig Bruby's wacky line experiments with Tarasenko on the third line, which we can talk about in just a little bit. Um, but uh, Bozak, he's a good defensive forward. Um, Blues will probably have to eat some salary or they might have to take a salary back. You know, just just uh, just just to get we'll him off to eat their some hands. of those acts to get him out. Yeah, we'll need to probably one and a half to two million to that. We're gonna have to eat maybe even two point five. You know, half may, know. May, maybe the full half. Yeah, he's thirty five years old, so I feel if the mm-hmm. Blues move him on, it would be almost as a courtesy just to give him another yeah. chance at another Stanley Cup because he's Definitely. not gonna get it here. So you Definitely. know. I, and we thank Tyler Bozak for his service, by the oh, way. Yeah. If if he does get moved, I I as we talked about last week, I don't regret that signing at all. He's no, been, he's been he's he in my I mean, five million dollars for a third line center is a bit extravagant, 
but he has provided value in in he the played, time. Yeah, he played to that contract. He played damn close to that contract. He, and that's all. He, that's all I asked. For. I've never. I was never even mad at that. I knew that he was going to be, you know, a bottom six center, uh, maybe cycled into the second in case somebody gets injured. But I mean, you know, he did what he was brought on to do. You know. Yeah. So I, I'm. I'm. I'm glad that he was a blue. You know, it's a guy that I low key wanted to see in a Blues uniform for a few years before. Uh, but you know what? It, it worked out well for both guys. It worked out well for both sides. So yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, there were times where he was playing Selkie level, you know, defense and forward. Yeah. By the way, he was he was that good. So um, maybe he goes back to Toronto. That'd be interesting. I don't. What 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 do you think Toronto fans think of Tyler Bozak? Because I know he was like. He was one of their, you know, like I think it was an assistant captain for them. And yeah. you know, I think there was high exp- he was one of those Leafs that had high expectations, but I feel somehow disappointed. They but, probably feel the same way about him as they do about Dion Fagoof. Uh Fagoof. Gotta yeah. gotta love Dion Fagoof. Yeah. Um, by the way, I saw you showing off that Steve Dangle book during the video, by the way. And I, I, I feel, <laughs> I need, yeah, you, you need to write the, the, the blues version of that. I need to I write think. the blues version. Well, I mean, see, this one is basically his autobiography. My autobiography yeah. will be boring as shit. So. <laughs> by the way, it, it, I recommend Steve Dangle's autobiography, by the way, if you haven't read it, it it's, it's a, it, it's a really good account of just kind of. It's, it's it's a look back at kind of how he became, you know, the the you know the Toronto media sensation that he is. Um, it also just has some general good advice if you're looking to get into broadcasting or if you're looking to improve your podcast. I listened to his audiobook when I uh, took a was on was on a road trip from Florida, and it was he he voiced his own audiobook by the way, and it's uh, it, it's very good. So I highly recommend that. Um, but getting back to the uh, potential trade targets here, Mike Hoffman, Tyler Bozak, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy Rutherford just flat out said, pack your bags. They're probably going to get moved. Um, just And just for the record, Bozak has no no-trade clause. Uh, he had a limited 10-team no-trade clause that expired in January. So he yeah. is free and clear to go just about anywhere. Uh, Mike Hoffman does not have a no-trade clause at all. He, when he mm-hmm. signed his $4 million deal, there was no no movement or no trade in that. So he can go uh, basically whenever. And no, he is not going to go to Buffalo as part of an offset for Taylor Hall. No, Taylor Hall. None. Say I don't want to hear it. No don't want to hear it. To Taylor Hall. Can we stop it with Taylor Hall already? Okay. He is not coming to St. Louis. And if he does, I might flip and burn a fucking car because I so don't. Let's trade, let's trade Mike Hoffman to Buffalo for basically a more inconsistent Mike Hoffman is what you're saying with twice more, the salary. Okay, great idea. For the for the big playoff push that's coming up so we can get swept mighty in the first quest, round. As I said in my video, a mighty quest. Yes, and if I, I, I'm not even going to talk about whether I would rather see Vegas or Colorado in the first round because they're both just going to absolutely stuff us in a locker so i mean especially vegas vegas in particular seems to love beating the crap out of us this year um i wonder why petro excuse me um so that's yeah, that's what issues yeah i know our killer here in st louis i mean they they they, they linger and they don't go away you know allergies <laughs> there you go there you go um one person that uh, Rutherford su- uh, suggested maybe have his cell phone nearby, Jaden Schwartz. So Jaden Schwartz is kind of a, a tricky one, and he even admits that because 
he's a heart and soul guy. He is a perfect Baruby fit. You know, he plays a, a, a strong two-way game. He is one of the few guys I feel that are left in the Blues locker room that you can still kind of look up to as as a bit of a leader. Because um, they've they've lost a lot of leadership in the last couple of years with Petro and Steen, you know, just among others, you know, you know, going off, you know, into their respective sunsets. Analytics likes Jaden Schwartz because of the game that he plays. Um, the Blues will have about eighteen million dollars in projected salary cap space for next season uh, without resigning Jaden Schwartz, and so the money's there. He's probably gonna want. Maybe Braden Shen money. We I think we kind of talked about that before, and Rutherford kind of mm. confirmed that. I don't think he's a six and a half million dollar player. A six million dollar player may be more palatable. But here's the other issue here that Rutherford raised, and it's kind of an interesting one. So again, the Blues will have about eighteen million dollars without re-signing Jaden Schwartz this offseason. One thing that a lot of people have been kind of complaining about, and I kind of agree with them, is that the Blues have a lot of really good second line forwards, mm-hmm. but not a lot of primo top line talents. Like Tarasenko is a primo top line talent. He was playing on the third line on Monday, but um, regardless, um, they have a lot, they have a lot of similar type forwards that are in similar types of talent. And if you give Jaden Schwartz, a, like a long-term contract, like a Braden Shen, like a, Tory Krug, like a Justin Falk, like like a Jordan Bennington. You see, you got the kind of trend going here with long term contracts. Um, if you give Jaden Schwartz that kind of a deal, you for one, you limit the mobility of a guy like Jordan Cairo or Robert Thomas or uh, Glenn Costa to move up in the lineup. But number two, wouldn't you do, wouldn't you rather instead of paying six million dollars for Jaden Schwartz, maybe pay a little bit more for a bona fide star in the offseason? I mean, I. I, I this one's I'm kind of torn on this one because I like Schwartz a lot, but is he what the Blues need right now, Mason? Yeah, I think so because think of all the leadership we we discussed this, you know, because we uh, a couple episodes or many episodes back we talked about who would be more important to this team going forward, Bennington or Schwartz. I flat out said Schwartz, and it seemed like you guys agreed with me because. <laughs> It's true. No, Russell's got a point yeah. there. Yeah, Russell's got a point. <laughs> Hall is good for NHL 21 team on franchise mode. I can confirm this, by the way, but not your actual NHL team. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of players like that. But no, Jaden Schwartz is. Besides O'Reilly and Schwartz and Shen and Pareko, where's the leadership in the locker room? Hasn't been there. I mean, Justin Falk's in this, uh, an assistant captain. Justin and Falk's he's going, getting he's, there. He, he stepped up, but I, I don't know if he's quite, you know, there yet, you know, per se, right. as far as being like a locker room leader yet. Could be over time, game. but not yet. Yeah, Schwartz is, like you said, he plays a Barube style game. He's a great two-way forward. That's what the Blues need right now. And I don't want to see Schwartz go. We already saw Petro go. We've seen yeah, I don't, Easter go. We saw Steve. I, don't, I can't take that. I emotionally cannot take that right now. You know, Schwartz is such an integral piece to the Blues identity since 2010. You yeah. know, and, that, and by the way, another thing to consider is Schwartz and Tarasenko are like, Best buds, right? That's true. So that's yet another Tarasenko best friend that they traded away. They traded away Latera. They traded away freaking Reeves. Traded away Petrangelo. Now they they're gonna trade away Schwartz. Like Tarasenko is just gonna up and quit at that point. Like you clearly don't give a shit what I like. Who I like. So, <laughs> so so 
I have the fortune, by the way, of of working with uh, Tom Ackerman at KMOX, who is you know one of the um, you know most beloved sports voices in St. Louis, and we were just having a casual conversation there. That I don't think you will have a problem with me saying this, but he kind of speculated when we were talking about Tarasenko playing on the third line. He's kind of wondering if Tarasenko is the type of player that uh, other teammates don't like playing with because he's you know he he can be a bit of a puck hog for one. Um, but you know, he's such a dynamic player that maybe other players are intimidated by playing on the same line as him. I don't think Jaden Schwartz is one of those players. Cause as you said, Schwartz and Tarasenko, they've been line mates for much of their career. They are there. As you said, they are mates. And, um, and as Russell Clark said, I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards what Russell Clark is saying here. Trading shorts would be a crime. Yes. Uh, he's an engine on this team. He is. The, I, I. I don't have a problem giving him. You know, like a, like a four year, six million dollar per contract. He might ask for a little bit more than that. He might get Shen money. We may just have to bite the bullet on that. But the Blues will have the money this off season, so it's not like he's going right. to financially cripple this team. I don't think he's. That's not a contract. I don't think. Even if you give him four or five years, you're not going to regret that. I don't think. Right. Right. And the other thing about Schwartz is there are very few players on the blues roster that I could see this about. If we overpay him, I'm not going to care that much. If we overpay for shorts, even if we over, even if we gave him 8 million a season, I would, yeah. it's one of those players. I'm kind of okay with overpaying. You know, Franco's the other one. O'Reilly's yeah. another one. And Tarasenko's the other one. If we overpay well, for them, whatever. Asterisk with Pareko because that all kind of depends on his back going forward. But of course, but you know, and, and, and again, he's back such a likable player, though. It's not really, you know, for it's not just because of you know uh, his his talent going forward. It's that he's just such a likable person on this team. He is. He is. He, I mean, I mean, Craig Ruby would let him date his daughter. That's how nice he is. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he actually said that, by the way, he he said that before. So, you know, that it's the actual truth. And I can confirm See, that's got to count I, for something. I, I've, I've been in postgame scrums with with Pareko before, and he's a super friendly guy and he's super oh, yeah, he's patient with bear. the media. He's a big teddy bear that you're right. He's that's basically what he is. He's a big teddy bear. So. I don't want to see Pareko go, and I hope he's okay going forward. Um, one difficulty with Schwartz is that he does have a 15-team no-trade uh, clause. So um, the market would be thin Good. for him, and I think he comes back. I think he should come oh, yeah. back. Uh, that's, he's, uh, too, I, I, he's too key. If Armstrong, trade, if Armstrong trades Schwartz, then that mm. is a giant fuck you to Barube if, if he's traded. That's what yeah. that is. Definitely, because Schwartz is definitely a Baruby type of a player. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, and it's, it's been kind of worth noting too that it, it seems like that you know one thing Weatherford pointed out: talks between the two sides have been kind of quiet. So I, I, I'm, I, I don't know if there's any Petro drama going on behind closed no. doors. I don't think there is, but that doesn't seem like who the knows. kind of thing that would happen. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think it's a valid conversation to have with Schwartz. I just don't want to see him go. I he's he, he's a favorite. Um, and then the the other person that uh, Rutherford thought could go imminently, like like this deadline, would be Vince Dunn. And mm-hmm. we've talked about we've talked about him ad nauseum. If you if you don't get rid of him now, get rid of him in the offseason, whether he goes to Seattle or gets traded. Um, he there's the the put the, the quality of play issue is an issue. We the the, the he's still an analytics darling, but. <laughs> The one thing with him was you know, going into the season, he was protected on this team. He didn't play against a lot of top competition. This year he has, 
And guess what? It's not been good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and it's just not only that, there is friction between Vince Dunn and the team itself. As Rutherford uh, pointed out, the, um, he was not happy with how his contract negotiations went uh, with the team this past offseason. He did mm-hmm. not have our... He did not have arbitration rights, so he didn't have really, you know, a lot of leverage to work with here. This offseason, he has arbitration rights, so he might ask for a raise. The Blues, I don't think you're going to be willing to give it to him, honestly. You're probably looking at another Joel Edmondson type of a situation where Edmondson was a restricted free agent. He was in the team's doghouse. The team still paid him. But you know but that as, immediately moved it. But but as has been reported, you know that off season the Blues are trying to move Edmondson, and it just so happened to work out with Justin Falk, you know, and, yeah. and, and and the Carolina Hurricanes. Which yes, we can say that trades worked out, so it's it's fine. Couldn't say that last year. Can't definitely say that this. Well, no, last year we could still say because Edmonton sucked. He was yeah he he started off well in Carolina, and then he just faded, and and even in Montreal, um, um, I've. I've heard, I think your, your buddy King Angus has said that Edmondson is not as oh, good as bad. his plus minus mm-hmm. indicates. And also our, our friends at Habs Nightly can also tell you that Edmondson is basically a pylon. So, you know, yeah. that, which, which, which sounds like Vince Dunn. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, Dunn, I don't think we even need to talk about Dunn. He's going to be gone one way, well, shape you, or another. Do you think maybe his stock, his play it was affected by how the negotiations went with the contract? It didn't go well, and so he goes, eh, well, fuck you too. I think I think I don't know him personally. I don't I've I've never had a chance to like, you know, see him in a postgame scrum or anything like that. So I don't know a lot about his personality, but I know he's a young guy and you know he's he's 24 years old. Um I I also noticed, by the way, and, and this may be just completely unrelated, but during the pandemic. Vince Dunn was streaming on Twitch like I every, every single mm-hmm. day. Uh, and he, he's a hell of a Fortnite player. He is an absolute ace Fortnite player. Him and Robert Thomas both. And Cairo. And Cairo. He hasn't been streaming at all this year, which I mean, he's, he's probably focusing on hockey, which is probably the best thing. But yeah. I just... I, I I wonder if his dauber's down a little bit, you know, with... You we know, got a Patrick Line situation! Yeah, and he, he's, uh, he, he's a defensive line. Dude, it makes so much sense! I what, just you want- had that aha moment right there. He yeah, I can tell. Patrick Line streamed Fortnite and his stats declined. <laughs> and now Vince Dunn did it! It's, what, it makes we, too much sense. This we, is figured not a we figured we it out. We figured it out. We blame just it on, figured Blame it on the Fortnite. Blame, blame it on, it on the Fortnite. Fortnite. No yes. Fortnite. Should and be a can, league-wide ban. And we can confirm, by the way, that Jake Neighbors and Colton Ellis, both former guests on Blue Notes, by the way, they're not gamers. Not gamers. And so, so, you know, they might be okay. They might be able to avoid yes. the, you know, the, the Fortnite curse here, you know, between Line A, between Vince Dunn. I think then the Vancouver Canucks like banned Fortnite in their locker room. Yes, they did. I remember that. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. It was it was no, it was Edmonton, I believe. It was it was one of the Western Canadian teams. Yeah, I, I believe and, it was Edmonton. I think, right. I think it might have been Edmonton. Yeah. I just figured it out. I just figured it out. Okay. Because Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo also played with them. Yeah. They also played with Vince Dunn. And they won that whole tournament. Remember that? They won that they whole did. tournament. They did. How's Robert Thomas been since he came back? Mm, invisible. I, I, I Invisible. I didn't even think he was back. That's how. That's how invisible how does, he's been. How has Jordan Kyra been the last fourteen games? Uh, 
pointless. Invisible. Invis very invi very invisible. Which, you know, there there could be something there. There could be something there. Um we figured Kyrie, it out. Yeah, Kairu, I I I I still like Kairu as a player, but I think he's got the potential to be very streaky. I mean, well, he's like, being too fancy. He's he's too confident. He's he he's got a lot of confidence right now, which is good, and I love to see that and, out of a rookie. But he's trying all these dipsy doodle moves and shit, and it's not working. The reason why he was scoring so much is because he simplified his game. He just needs to simplify his game, and he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, but I think the league figured him out. I think the league figured him out. Then yeah. and and his style of play, if he's going to be trying to you know dangle everyone, that's not going to work. I mean, I don't think he is. He he doesn't have you know, Connor McDavid level hands or, you know, I mean, he's very good, but I mean, he's not that good. He's know? Walmart Connor McDavid. Walmart. So speed demon is no longer elite. Is that what you're saying? Uh, speed demon is still, still elite, but okay, you're, 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 you're not going to retract that. No, no, not going to retract okay. speed demon is elite because he's still just a checking. good player. He just needs to simplify his game is all. Just I have faith. I still have faith in Jordan Cairo. I still yeah. do. I, and I still have faith in Robert Thomas. One player I do not have faith in is Vince Dunn. Yeah, I, I have lost. Uniform anyway. I have lost faith with him. I think I think Dunn is done in more ways than one. Um, I don't think I. What I, a terrible I, pun! I know, I know. It, it's overdone. It's <laughs> o, it, it, it's just overdone. You know, this isn't even fun it's, anymore. No, not really. Um, by the and of course we're we're doing this by the way as we are looking down the barrel. After Vegas tonight, uh, we're recording this before oh, the Wednesday wonderful. night game. So, 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 who knows? This could all be relevant. By if you're listening to this on Thursday or later, this could all be relevant. The Blues could have you know stomped a mud hole in Vegas tonight and won seven to one. No, I that probably no. didn't happen. Not that probably didn't happen. But if it did, please feel free to ridicule us. Um, oh, yeah. But we are staring down the barrel of three games in four days with the Minnesota Wild, and. Based on our one game against the Minnesota Wild, they shut the Blues out two to nothing. Their goaltending, Cam Talbot, they only had and, eleven shots. Yeah, that it was it was so sad. Capo uh, Kakinen, <laughs> um, that is uh, the Wild suddenly have one of the best goalie tandems in the league, and that's just absolutely oh. mind blowing. Um, they have you know Kaprizov who scored against the Blues and is generally just a sensation in general. The Wild are actually fun to watch now again, which has oh been God, uh, it's been a guess. long time since when we've been able to say that because they were the most boring fucking team in hockey, you know, <laughs> up until this year. They were just boring as hell. But besides them and Columbus, were the two that were yeah. just so mind loving, numbingly bad to watch. Yeah, and and now they're now they're the team that is sitting comfortably in third and yeah. they probably will finish third and i don't think they have a whole lot to worry about that was us at one point by the way that was the blues at one point we were expected to be that number three team we thought the coyotes would be fourth which it looks like they might be fourth you know all four of us uh before you join mason uh wags me guy and luke all predicted the coyotes would finish fourth and of course early in the season everyone was laughing at us for that but guess what they're in fourth right now, and they I knew that was going to happen and, too. And they have a five-point cushion in fourth place right now, and I don't see any reason why they won't hold on to it because I I've always said Arizona has the talent. They've got the young talent. They've got a good goaltending tandem. They just behind the scenes are a bit of a mess, but they seem to be getting it together. And I don't think the Blues are going to catch them. I think I we're waving the white flag. It's done. So. Pull the shoot and, and not and, and 
and we're not even talking about Ben Stunned anymore. So hopefully we won't have to talk about it much longer either. So we'll see. Oh, yeah, we'll see. Wonderful. Until he scores like a hat trick in his return to St. Louis. But like, yeah. Anyway, let me remind you that it is also baseball season as well. And as Rooster Cogburn points out, it's not too late to sign Yadier Molina as a goalie. Uh, Adam Wainwright actually had a, a video uh, before this offseason. Uh, uh, someone, uh, I think it was Channel 5 here in St. Louis, mistakenly said that he had signed an extension with the Blues, not the Cardinals. So he did a whole video uh, where he was like working on his wrist, wrist shot, his slap shot. I think he even put on a goalie helmet. Um, you know what? If 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 Huso is it continues to pancake, and if Bennington continues to pancake, why not give Adam Wainwright a shot? If he gives a general damn, fine, suit him up. Absolutely. Hey, I've told, I'm straight up said I play defense. I'll yeah. suit up for him. If you but, really need somebody, I'll do it. By the way, here here's one reason I think Wainwright might be actually goalie material. He is six foot seven. 230 pounds so he's got that size going for him and he's clutch so just saying if this whole pitching thing doesn't work out suit him up and have him I play have a feeling game. it will though I, I think it will i think i wait it's wayno he's <laughs> he, he's great he's great but this is the blues podcast and that is going to do it for us here on on blue notes any final thoughts before we um continue to watch our team die don't get embarrassed today they will I'm sorry. They, I, I'm it's telling them not to, but they're going. They're not going to oh. listen to me. But they're, 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 don't they're get not, embarrassed. They, they, if they, you get embarrassed in this one, I'm going to. I'm going to make the Blue Notes video 30 seconds long. Okay. Um. By the way, they barely listen to Bruby anymore. I think so. I mean, I don't think they'll. What makes you think they'll listen to me? That's true. What makes you think they'll, be, uh, they'll listen to a 20 year old fat kid in his basement? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. O- over Craig Bruby, who could probably still, you know, kick your ass. So you know, probably. And everyone's I'm taller than him. I can probably kick his ass. No, you can't. Square up. Square no, up, Chief. Square no, up. No, you can't. No, no chance. No I chance. Gotta... This is this is how Mason copes. By the way, this is this is how he. You know, I'm gonna punch you back in the garage. I had one for a while too. You know what? It's it's actually it's really good exercise. By the way, it's really I, good I, exercise. I I recommend punching bags for exercise and as well as stress relief. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening and watching, because without you, there is no me. There is no Mason. There is no guy who is probably doing his pregame show right now. And there is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. And Mason, play to the whistle for God's sake. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Jeremy Boyer, play us out. Coming soon to pay-per-view.
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. And say no to Hall.